Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by United Plumbing and Heating, TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market, and Pam Harris's Pete Quail Realty, all local Rio Rancho businesses, because it is time to find out what is going on in the city of Rio Rancho with our mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek, and good morning, Rio Rancho. Good to be back with you this Sunday morning. Thanks for uh, getting up early and listening to this show where you find out all the things that are going on in the city of Rio Rancho. So a lot of great stuff going on, Derek. Uh, Never a dull moment. And once again, if you don't have time to listen to the whole show this morning, I want to point you to the Mayor Hull podcast, which you can find on Spotify. Just go out to Google and just say uh, Mayor Hull or Mayor of Rio Rancho podcast, and it will come up. And we encourage you that when you hear this, if you have a social media platform, we're trying to drive up our listenership, making sure more people hear the things that are going on in the city of Rio Rancho. So please grab the link from Spotify, share it on your social media so that people can hear what is going on. Because, Derek, they're probably going to want to know what's going on at next week's governing body meeting coming up here on Thursday. So I should say this week's because it's first day of the week, right? right, right. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, um, what is going on? Well, there's an interesting agenda item. Now, here's the one thing I, I can't get into a whole lot of detail on whether or not I support the item or don't support the item, but I'm just going to tell everybody what about it is. About the item. About the item, yeah. right? You will see that on the agenda, there is a request to the governing body to approve an ordinance that establishes a franchise fee for Comcast cable network. So what does that mean? Well, for years and years and years, there's been this urban legend in Rio Rancho that Comcast Xfinity won't come to Rio Rancho because there's some mythical exclusive agreement with some other provider. Okay. And I say that a little tongue in cheek because for nine years I've answered this question. Is there an exclusive agreement between the city and some cable service provider that excludes this other company or other companies from actually coming into the city of Rio Rancho. And I've explained it before on the show. We've talked about this issue. Mm-hmm. This is up to an individual company to say, hey, I think I want to be in that market. They come to the city. They negotiate what's a franchise fee. Well, what is a franchise fee? Well, that's an agreement for a company to use the right-of-way because who owns the right-of-way? You and I own the right-of-way. The public owns the right-of-way. That's the streets. That's the sidewalks. That's public-owned facilities where you can run infrastructure to get that infrastructure from point A to point B. So basically, they've decided that they think they want to spend the money to put in the infrastructure because they can't use somebody else's Correct. Cable. Correct. They can't use somebody else's infrastructure, at least not without their permission. Right. (laughs) Probably have to pay rent on said infrastructure. But in this particular case, they've applied for a franchise fee, and that requires an ordinance of the city council to approve that franchise fee and ordinance agreement is what that is. So you're going to see that. And so, yes, but let me tell you this also. This is the first step in many So I want to tell anybody that's listening and that's hearing this, don't call Comcast tomorrow and order service. (laughs) Okay. Or, or, or Friday either. Right. Well, Um, even when you, uh, even if the city approves it, it's going to take them a while to put in the, as you said, they're going to have to run the infrastructure. They're going to have to run the the lines. And I, I don't have a full detail. I don't have the key questions that will be asked when and where. And when you say, well, what do you mean by where? Well, where are they going to start? They're going to start. In Enchanted Hills, they're going to start in Cabazon, they're going to start this place, that place, they're going to start, where are they going to start? 
I don't know. The ordinance makes sure that we get a franchise agreement that we feel best benefits the citizens of Rio Rancho. You know, that's a very interesting thing, though. Uh, You rarely see a city with two cable companies. And it goes to the desire of people wanting to do business in Rio Rancho because the reason you don't see two cable companies in most towns is because it's very expensive to put in that infrastructure. And if there's already a cable company there, they're already getting all the cable business you're going to get. So the best the new company can do is hope to get part of that and still have to pay to put in the same infrastructure as the other existing company. Correct. And so here you've got uh, another cable company coming in to compete against another cable company. And you, you bring up a good point. You don't typically see two major service providers in the same municipality, no. right? And so that is going to create some opportunity for people to make some choices. But might I do, bring prices down, it, too. It might. It might. You, Competition you, is always good. And that is all private market driven. But right. let me say this. I want to go back to the whole idea that there was an exclusive agreement and that other providers had some sort of monopoly on the market. There's never been a monopoly because if there was, it would have to be publicly regulated. You know, you do have other providers here in the city, Sparklight being one, CenturyLink being another, Lumen Technologies. Then you've got like Dish Network and you've got other providers. And now, you know, there's even this new T-Mobile service that's a wireless service that can just drop in your house, right? So there's a whole lot of other different providers out there. So in this particular case, this is one more in really a basket full of options that people have to look at here in the city of Rio Rancho, but that is on the agenda. And I just want to caution everybody once again, as you listen to this, yes, Comcast Xfinity has applied for a franchise agreement and that does require an action of the governing body. That'll happen on Thursday. Then that same action, because it's an ordinance, it has to be voted on twice. Okay. So it'll get voted on once on this coming Thursday. And then should it pass, this Thursday, it would come back again in two more weeks or at the next governing body meeting and voted on a second time. And that establishes the ordinance. OK. And so that's how that works. So we're a couple of weeks out from even establishing the ordinance. Then from that point, we start moving forward. And really, we're going to let Comcast kind of control the communications on all of this. But don't call Comcast. Don't start pounding their doors because this is a first step in a thousand. OK. But that being said, we've been working hard to get this done. So that's what the update on this particular item is. And you once know, again, Derek, don't rush to the phone. Okay. But, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because I've had some dealings with cable companies in Southern California. I don't know any city that has an ordinance that only allows one cable service. It's just so expensive to do if there's already a cable service there. Generally, another one doesn't want to come in. Correct. And so, like I said before... It really goes to how well Rio Rancho is doing that Comcast would want to be here. Right, exactly. And once again, I just point out, look, that's a private market decision. It takes them to come in and want to make the investment. And so depending on how the vote goes on Thursday and two weeks after that, we'll see where this all goes. So that's what that item on the governing body. Okay. (laughs) You've, You've probably heard a little bit of chatter about it out there. I know it's starting to swirl around on Facebook and Nextdoor and so on and so forth. But that gives everybody a little bit of clarity. And like I say, once it gets past the governing body, we'll we'll discuss what the next steps are. But you can't pre-guess or predetermine what's going to happen in a governing body meeting. And then so we'll go from there. OK, very good. All right. Well, good deal. So now, speaking of governing body meetings, uh, we've got one coming up, but we just had one last week. We had a work session last week. We talked about quite a few things. And I just want to encourage everybody. 
This was on April 18th, just last week, last Tuesday. Governing body has a work session, I'm going to say about once every three months. We have a work session where we kind of go over high-level stuff that's happening in the city. And we drill into issues that staff is looking to bring forward. And so this particular work session dealt with three pretty big topics. One was the upcoming study we're going to have to do on impact fees. For your day-to-day citizen, that's not going to mean a lot. That's more in the development realm. If I want to put up a new building or something. Right, exactly. And so you'd have those impact fees that have an effect on you there if you're a developer trying to build something. Absolutely. I will say this. As the study goes forward, the study looks at what the needs for infrastructure are throughout the community, whether that's roads, water systems, sewer systems, public safety, sidewalks, recreational facilities. It's called an impact fee because when you build houses or create new development, it has an impact on the existing infrastructure. And so these monies are set aside to deal with the growth and the need for improvements to or enhancing the infrastructure to take on the additional individuals on the system. Does that make sense? So an example might be a new uh, housing development would put more use on the sewer system. Correct. So the impact fees go to help improve the sewer system or the water system or even the roads that lead to that community. Some of those system level infrastructure that supplies more than just an individual house, right? But all individual homes and businesses have different levels of impact fees. Now, the last time we looked at this was about five years ago, and there was a recommendation that kind of looked at pushing the impact fees way up. But I want to tell people, I know we get this discussion all the time on the impact fees, but the impact fees in Rio Rancho, I think, net over the last 15 years are only up a total of like 4%. I don't know of any other industry that's done that. (laughs) So you think about it, is your... From 15 years ago, is your electric bill only 3% higher, 4% higher? No. Anything. Right. Lumber, anything. Concrete. So, so, yeah, we've tried to be very prudent about how the impact fee schedule gets set. Well, I know you're wanting to encourage businesses to come here. Correct. And so we don't want to be stifling, but we also want to make sure that the strain on the infrastructure is offset so that we can make sure that we continue to supply services to the citizens of Rio Rancho. And as... The city grows, so does the infrastructure, right? So we've got to work all the time to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the existing citizens. So there may be a change. There might be a change coming. Right now, this was just kind of an overview of what it's going to look like going forward. We've got a company that's going to come in. They're going to do all the impact fee studies. They're going to look at what the community's doing in the area of growth and development and see what the needs are. And then they'll make proposals on where those impact fees might need to be going into the future. So we'll watch that very carefully. And as you know, I'm very development friendly, we'll call it. (laughs) I like growth. I like development because it helps us grow the tax base. And it's from all the growth and development we've seen in the last nine years that's really been paying to fix a lot of the things that you've seen fixed over the last several years and some of the cool things that we've done throughout the city. And it's that growth and development and the growth in the revenues and growth and all the other things that we were able to create the uh, permanent fund. which set aside $10 million for future residents to use to make sure that the city's operational. So that was one thing that we looked at. And once again, I want to encourage everybody, please go to the city's website. I know it's about a two-hour video, but you can watch the governing body as we receive these presentations. They are streamed out to the public. You can look at them, and you can see these three different presentations that were given to the governing body. 
And one of them was on impact fees. The other one was on the 2024 geo bond, which we have an election coming up in March. So less than a year from now. So we're, what, 11 months out, 10 months out from the next election, which is going to happen in March of 2024. And so as has been for the last four or five elections, I want to say four, last four election cycles, there has been a question on the ballot about the road bond, which has to be renewed every two years. And then there's a question about public safety, which has to be renewed every two years. And then there was a new one that we started just last in the last election cycle, which was the quality of life bond. So what staff did was they gave us a presentation on where the bonds were, gave us a little bit of a history. In 2016, our geo bond for roads received 59% voter approval. In 2018, that went from 59% to 78%. It was a 19-point jump in approval because I believe the citizens saw what we were doing with the money, saw how we were using it, and said, yeah, if that's the work they're going to do, we want to support that. So we saw an incredible jump from 59% up to 78% approval on the road bond. And then in 2018, we started off the public safety bond. And then in 2020, we did the road and the public safety. And then in 2022, we did the road, the public safety, and the quality of life facilities. So now we have those three bond cycles. They're still receiving incredible support. The road bond in this last cycle still received 76% approval. You don't normally see it jump 20 points and then hang around that high, right? The road bond has stayed pretty steady, uh, 76% all the way since 2018. So it's had strong approval. The public safety bond has always hung out at 73, 72, and 72. And the new quality of life bond kicked off at 67% voter approval. So these are strong approvals. You wonder when people vote against quality of life or fixing the roads, what their reasoning would be. They don't want the roads fixed? Well, they think they're okay the way they are? I think there's different reasons. Find the money somewhere else. I don't want to pay taxes, things like that. Ah. And I get that. So they Um, want the roads fixed. They just don't want to pay for it. We've seen a lot of support in the bond cycles, and we've been very prudent and very careful about the way we spend the money. And because of that, as you remember, last year we talked about Moody's upgrading our bond rating. Mm -hmm. So when we take these bonds to market, we're getting more money to put in the city and less money being paid out to the bond holders, right? So they put, uh, staff put some ideas in front of us. And basically, if we renew all three of the bonds exactly the way they are, there would not be a tax increase. So they wanted to point this out. That is actually the staff's recommendation that we not ask for any more money. Just keep it flat. Keep it right where it's at. It's a good amount of money for us. We're being able to keep up with the projects with that amount of money. You also don't want to ask for too much money and then not be able to deploy it. Because one of the things that I've worked hard at, as you remember, Derek, is once we approve a geo bond cycle, I want to see the projects that we identified finished and done before the next election so that we can say, see, that's what we did you with your money. Now we need another round of funding. But we didn't just sit on your money. We put it to use. It has been invested in the community. These are the projects we promised we would do. These are the projects that are done. And that builds and enhances the trust that we have with the public, that the money that they're giving us is being used in an appropriate way, and it's being invested in the place that they asked us to invest it in. In this particular case, the road bonds, they want to see the roads fixed. So we're fixing roads, right? And that's a real obvious thing to see for the public because you drive around and all of a sudden – 
pavement smooth. Oh, well, when I first took office, I don't think you could drive around and find a, a road that had recently been paved. Now you drive around and it's hard to not find one yeah. that's been recently been paved. Now, granted, I'm sure some folks are going to say, hey, yeah, a lot of roads have been paved, but not the one directly in front of my house. And, and I get that. And we are working toward that. Remember, our plan was start with the arterials, move to the collectors, and then start figuring out how we we're going to get into the residential neighborhoods. We're starting to get into the residential neighborhoods, and we're doing it in different ways. For example, we just talked about St. Andrews. Bond money was not used for that. We saved cash out of the budget and paid cash for that repaving. So we're being creative in the way that we're trying to get stuff done. You know, I don't think people think of this, Mayor, when they talk about roads getting paved. It just happens. They don't think about where the money comes from. Right. And it's like, oh, look, they paved a street. All that equipment, all that asphalt, all that labor costs a lot. Okay. That St. Andrews project, I think, was right around a million dollars, if not a little bit more than that. By the way, I'll just say they did a great job on that again. But for example, though, let's just say, for example, and and I always like to point this out because this is a number that I always try to make sure people have, is that if these all three of these get approved, there's no tax increase. But if they all fail, let's just say that all of them fail and the voters say, nope, no more. What is that going to save or reduce my taxes? Because people will say, well, you know, if I vote this down, my taxes will go down. Well, let me give you an idea of what that would be. If all of them failed, your taxes would go down on a $300,000 house. Your taxes would go down approximately $88 a year. Okay. So if you have a $100,000 house, it equates to about $30 a year. Okay. So you do the math from there. If you got a hundred thousand, thirty bucks a year, two hundred thousand, sixty bucks, three hundred thousand, ninety dollars a year, okay, is what your taxes would go down. Now, for a hundred dollars a year or ninety in this particular case, you're seeing the work that's getting done. And I can tell you right now, for the roads that we've repaved over the last seven years, the amount of money that we've invested has really reflected increased values in the home values because when people come into the city and they see some of the nice roads that they see and really a lot of the main roads coming into the city they've all been repaved yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so when people are coming in they're feeling like hey these are some nice roads so now i can see why there's people that don't vote for it because you didn't pave my street you mm-hmm. didn't pave the street i live on Right. So my $80 didn't go toward my street. It went to somebody else's. Right. Now, mind you, that's if all three of them fail. That includes the public safety bond. Right. So if you've ever had the police come to your house. Now, I pay that myself. But I've never had knock on wood and I hope I never have to. I've never had to have the police or the fire come to my house. Right. Mm-hmm. But I pay into that system. Right. Through like this, an insurance policy. Through this public safety yeah. bond to make sure that they have the equipment. You want them there when you need them. So yeah. let's say the road bond failed and the public safety bond passed, then your tax decrease on that would not be as much as this. So now you have to parse those three out. Right. So this is if all three failed at one time, it would be a total overall savings of $89, $89 a year, give or take a few pennies. It would be less than that if one if one passed or two passed and one didn't pass. So depending on how you add those up. So I'm just giving you the number on if they all failed at the same time. Now, staff's recommendation is just continue on the current bonding path. Don't ask for any more. Our 2021 citizen survey said 83% rated overall quality of life in the city of Rio Rancho as 
excellent or good. So that's a huge number. We'll be putting that same survey out again this year. You and I have talked about that. We'll get into more details as to when that gets mailed out and where people can go when it gets mailed out. There will be a website link that you can go. Now, the one that gets mailed out is statistically valid. The one online will not be statistically valid. But nonetheless, we want to collect the data, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we look at this, if you go to the city's website once again and watch the governing body meeting, you're going to see all the details. So the 2024 public safety bond, we've already got the police and fire to weigh in and say, okay, well, if they approve the bond, this is what we're going to spend the money on. There's going to be 1.1 million in police vehicle replacement, uh, approximately 17 police cars and uh, police crisis negotiation team vehicle replacement. That's about $350,000 for that vehicle because it's like a rolling office. Mm. Okay. Fire and rescue ladder trucks. So, you know, those nice big long trucks with the big ladder on top. Right. What do you think those cost? Oh, got to be <laughs> half a million or something. I would oh, think. oh, oh, if only. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> $2.2 million. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and so how many, you know, buildings do we have that you need? Well, City Hall is one. It's four yeah. stories. Yeah. HP. Yep. And uh, maybe Intel has a few uh, that are t- taller. Yeah. That Yeah. You're missing two very important buildings. Russ Medical Center and Sandoval Regional, oh, okay, two hospitals. Yeah, that's right. Two hospitals. Yeah, so, yeah, and those are even higher than City Hall. Yeah. yeah, and you also have the Rear Rancho Event Center. Right. Okay, yeah. um, in case they need to attack the fire from above, right? And then you also have the AMRAP building. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's see? the tallest building hey, in town. Look yeah. at there. So you see, your mayor kind of knows some of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we study the data to make sure I that we're making so. the right decisions. Yeah. But yeah, there's a few buildings around the city and it doesn't have to be four or five stories. It can be as tall as the Safe Light building and some of the taller buildings like you find around town, whether it's the Home Depot or the Lowe's. You remember when we had the unfortunate uh, clubhouse fire at the old, uh, at the golf, old golf course, course. Yeah. they deployed the ladder trucks because now these ladder trucks have these water nozzles at the top of the ladder and they can run the ladder up and point that water nozzle down on top of the fire and they're remote controlled now so they they don't even have to put a you don't even have to put a guy up there and then they deploy a drone and the drone flies over and shows them where the hot spots are and they can point that they can point that fire nozzle right at that hot spot so it, firefighting technology has gotten really cool. I guess so. And so, yeah, $2.2 million on a ladder truck there. Okay. And then another uh, fire and rescue engine replacements, 138000 for those. So that's what the public safety bond would cover. Quality of life would go toward paying for improvements to Star Heights Park, replacing the basketball courts. So these are things we need to upgrade. Sandia Vista Park, playground and resurfacing replacement and additional shade structures, $280,000 there. And then library materials and library equipment on that. And then on the road bond, if you go to the city's website, once again, I'm going to say this, and watch the governing body meeting, it's right there under meetings. It's archived as the last work session. Governing body work session is what it's called. You'll see that staff came up with what they feel the top 10 or 12 roads are that should be our next consideration for complete reconstruction. Now, if you add all those roads up with the corresponding infrastructure, about $58 million. Wow. Isn't that the city's whole budget? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty close. Pretty close. That's just for these 12 roads. Then staff has to narrow this down to, well, how much does the bond yield? Bond only yields about $10 million. 
So we're already we're so <laughs> we're prioritizing. Already 50, we're already fifty million over budget yeah. with that, right? So we get ten million in road bonds. We've got fifty-seven million just on these twelve roads right here. So staff's recommendation is uh, had put together three roads that fits into the parameter of the ten million dollars that would come from that, and that was Lima Road, Nineteenth, and Safe Light Boulevard. And once again, we'd have to look at these. These are all subject to change. These are just ideas that we kind of literally work through at a work session. This is staff's recommendation. So you can go through this and see this presentation on that, and you can kind of get an idea. And then, of course, that was the GO Bond presentation. And then there's also a great presentation. We do not have time to go through it today, but it was the current presentation on all the road work that's going on throughout the city. Okay, the NSIP, where's the crack patch happening? Where are we doing these milling and lay programs like what we talked about last week? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of data in there. And Derek, I hear people use this word all the time and you know how I feel about it. It's transparency. Yes. Okay. All of these presentations are open to the public. All of these presentations are online. We want you to know what we're doing. Okay, so that way there's less questions about, and I'm using air quotes as I say questions. Yes, it's radio, um, <laughs> so we have to say that. <laughs> I have to put the questions in air quotes because it's not really questions. When people get on, individuals get online and they start speculating, and then that speculation turns into pure unfounded rumor on Nextdoor or Facebook, mm-hmm. and then it spins out of control, and then the next thing you hear is, well, the government's not being transparent. Well, no, we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love this city, and I love the people in this city, and, and the people of this city treat me so well. Um, they're just, you know, the the people of this community are amazing, and I just can't tell them enough how much I love them and what an honor it is that I get to do this job. But want to continue to do a good job, and I want people to think that, hey, well, not just think, but know that they can get hold of me and that they can get hold of information so that when they see a conversation online, this is all I'm asking. If you see something and it sounds ridiculous or you don't know if it's true, fact check it. You can send me an email. Screenshot whatever you're seeing, whatever you're reading. Shoot it over to my email and I'll send you the right information back. It's just that simple. Because I would rather people spread around the true and factual information than the misinformation. And it's like the show we did that's been very popular. We've got the most listens to it so far, and that's our discussion on St. Andrews the other day because yeah. there was misinformation about how they paved the roads and what that was costing taxpayers. Well, it didn't cost us any more than the agreed-upon contract, right? So it's getting that information out there and making sure that people understand what we're doing, how we're doing it, and if there are any questions, being accessible so that people get a hold of me. Now, I do want to say – when it comes to getting a hold of me, sometimes I'll answer you. Some people go, wow, I just sent you that email five minutes ago. Yeah. If I'm sitting in front of my computer and I see the question come in, a lot of times I'll just pick up the phone and call somebody, right? But always give me a little bit of time. Sometimes uh, you got to find the answer. Right? Yeah. Sometimes. Well, not only that, sometimes I have to see the email come in. There's sometimes I'm so busy that I don't get to read my emails for two, three, four days at a time. And then I'll get in on a Friday and just sit there. And I'll have to go through two, three hundred emails and try to return as many of those phone calls as I can on a Friday. And I know some of you all that are out there listening right now, 
you've gotten a phone call from me at like nine or nine thirty at night. My wife is like, why are you calling people this late? Because I don't have any other time, right? And so I've got to get the phone calls in. But I will tell you, most people do appreciate that after I call them and kind of walk them through what's going on and, and give them a logical explanation to what they're seeing. Most people go, oh, okay, well, you know, that makes sense. Appreciate you taking the time to explain that to me. And that's why I think a lot of people appreciate my style of leadership is that I'm willing to have the conversations and I'm willing to answer the tough questions because really when you're answering questions about what's going on infrastructure wise or city wise, if you know the correct answer, the questions aren't that tough, (laughs) you know. Do you have any help answering all those emails? I do have, bless her heart, Kate. She's Mm -hmm. the admin for myself, the city manager, and pretty much the whole fourth floor. Okay, so we all share her. And I guess got to shoot kudos out to her because she listens to a lot of messages that get left at City Hall that are not nice. And she has to listen to them. And she has nothing to do with it, but those messages get left. And I understand when people are calling, they're angry about something and they want an answer. And I get that. But Kate listens to a lot of really hard messages and then conveys them to us. And so we try to get back to people on some of that stuff as quickly as possible. But she does scan some of the emails. And if she sees something that like streets and right of way can take care of, she'll forward it off to them. So I may not call on every street question or if there's a problem with waste management, she sees that email. She'll forward it off to waste management and just get it taken care of. So she's amazing. She takes really good care of us. And. If you have an amazing admin, by the way, this Wednesday is admin day, if I'm not mistaken. So if I'm not mistaken, this Wednesday coming up is admin day, the 26th, I believe. But Kate takes good care of not only the mayor and the city manager and the fourth floor, but she takes good care of the citizens of Rio Rancho and understand that that's a thankless job when she sits up there and takes all those calls and looks at all those emails and She tries to help citizens find the answers to their questions. So she's pretty amazing at that. And she deserves a lot of kudos and she does not get thanked enough. So I'm saying that to myself. (laughs) Anyway. Hey, Derek, before we have to wrap up here last week, I promised a little bit of information on the budget public hearing dates uh, when the public could come and give input on the budget. So the city manager's recommended budget is online right now. You can go look at it and dig through it all 600 pages of it. I don't know. I I don't know how many pages. It's it's a pretty thick document, no doubt. But there are highlights that are in the front of it in the city manager's message. And that kind of cuts you to the chase because you can go over and look at the police budget. You can look at the fire budget. You can look at all these different things. But some of the big expenditures and some of the big changes are highlighted in the city manager's executive summary. Okay. So you can go read that. So on May 11th will be the first public hearing on the budget. And then May 25th will be the second public hearing on the budget. And then it's after the public hearing on the budget, we will immediately make a motion to approve the budget. And then the city council will vote to either approve or deny the budget. But we have to have an adopted budget by the 25th because by the end of May, we have to submit a budget to the state so that the state knows that we have adopted a balanced budget. And we're not allowed to have an unbalanced budget. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's very good. It's very good. I wouldn't want to oversight an unbalanced budget if it was. But I think one of the big things that you can really see that protects us to make sure that we maintain our balanced budget status and we continue to maintain our strong bond rating is that the city has adopted 
under my direction, a policy position of holding 25% in reserves. And this really protects us from any fall offs in revenue or any unforeseen crises that might happen in the city. This gives us strong cash reserves to meet those needs if they should arise. Or if we see a drop off in revenue like we did back in 2008 when the housing market dropped off, you never know if that's going to happen again. We don't want to put ourselves back in a 2008 position where it put the city into an absolute tailspin. So the best way to learn how to go forward is to look to the past and understand what mistakes were made and then prepare for those going forward, right? There's an old quote that those that don't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so I prefer going forward and having the city in a strong financial position that allows us to really insulate ourselves from any type of crisis situation that we might run into. But that being said, go out and uh, take a look at the budget if you'd like to. I would not recommend it as material you would read in bed because you'll go to sleep really fast. Or maybe you want that. It could be good bedtime material, right? <laughs> if you're an insomniac and decided you needed to get to sleep, you could dig into that book. I don't know, but, if you're an accountant, you might find it really oh, interesting. Oh, that's true. That's true. An accountant, I think, would find it very interesting. I think some do. And so anyway, May 11th is the first public hearing. May 25th is the second public hearing. And then May 25th is when it's on the agenda to be adopted by the governing body. And you can certainly come and feel free to give your input during those public hearing periods. Or if you have a question about it, just shoot me an email and I'll see if I can't answer your question. But Derek, see, that's a lot. It is. It's a lot. Yes. And uh, I want to remind everybody, these are all unscripted shows. (laughs) (laughs) I think you can tell that by listening. Uh, Yeah. It's a lot to absorb and it's a lot to keep track of. You know, we don't play the game we used to play when we first started where I would find some obscure street on the map in Rio Rancho and ask you where it was without telling you ahead of time. Yes. And you would always know where it was and tell us. So, yes, that was one way to know that it wasn't scripted. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I drive around all over the community when people call me or they send me an email. I typically respond by getting in my car and going and looking at the situation so that I can personally assess it and see what the need is. If there's a problem, what the solution might be and how we can resolve the situation as quickly as possible. Sometimes that's graffiti. Sometimes that's erosion issues. Sometimes that's potholes. Sometimes that's just trash piled up somewhere in the Mesa. Tumbleweeds get blown up against a wall or something. Right, exactly. Had something like that not too long ago. And so those are the things that we try to keep control of here in Rio Rancho, and we'll continue to plug along. But once again, thank you to everybody that uh, tuned in this morning. And if you didn't have time to listen to the whole show or you're just now getting on the radio and you're hearing the show now, this is uh, Mayor Greg Hull right here on KDSK Radio 92.9, the uh, New Mexico Oldies. And if you didn't catch the front half of the show, you can catch it on my podcast, the Mayor Hull podcast or Mary Rancho podcast, and it is on Spotify. It is a free listen, so go out and check it out. And if you want to share it with your friends, please share it on your social media. With that, Derek, I think I'm going to say have an amazing Sunday and God bless.